Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is a sinister message on a TV screen. It's Mars! <laughs> Hello! Hello! That one was, that was, uh, so I, that one was one that, like, sometimes I struggle. That uh-huh. one was very easy. <laughs> Which is funny, because um, our medium is screenless, right? Because nobody can see us, we're just here us. I mean, well, we're staring at a screen. I oh, I true. see what you're saying. Like, not us, but the listeners. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really long week. Yeah. <laughs> My parents are in town, which I love because I never, ever, ever get to see them. But it's always, like, emotionally kind of intense, Draining. rigorous. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've had a, a long, like, 42 days or something. I feel like you've packed a lot into the last <sighs> yeah, several yeah, weeks yeah. of your life. This is my, like, this weekend I have no plans except for, like, I got some furniture that I might refinish, but, like, I have no plans, and I'm loving it, because the next weekend I'm back on a plane to LA, I'm like, ah, what am I doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it's drag con, but, I mean, you know, drag queens. Yeah. I I will fly for drag queens. At least you get one weekend. Mars and drag queens. Yeah. 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 All right, so today we're going to be reviewing a little movie called Await Further Instructions, a movie that tells you that your TV is evil and that you can watch on your TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> before we get started, Mars, do me a solid and remind the listeners of our spoiler policy. Our spoiler policy is that we're going to spoil the whole thing. We and spoil. our success today is this is the second episode where we didn't spoil it before giving the spoiler right? policy. So we're getting better. We're growing up. And it's 2019 and we're adults. I mean, this is episode 26. So, like, I think our maturity level matches, like, our, you know, the number oh, of episodes yeah. we've done. Like, around 26, you start getting your shit together. Yeah, you do start being a little bit more conscious of, of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I think we're all grown up now. We can yeah. rent a car. We can vote. We can not spoil things before the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> we can manage to, to control ourselves. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mars, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. I did forget to watch this movie three times in a row. <laughs> That's something. I know. I was totally meant to watch it yesterday. And then I, I, I totally just blanked on it. And then today, like while I was working, I was like, I need to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, I watched it last night because three weeks in a row, I on Thursday, because that used to be my habit, because when I worked, I couldn't watch it during the day on Friday, so my habit was to watch it Thursday night. So every Thursday night, it would trigger in my mind, like, you have to watch that movie, but I was like, I'm unemployed, I can watch it tomorrow, and then that never happened. Yeah. So no, I decided no. to just listen to The Habit, and I watched it last night. What's The Habit? The Habit of watching it on Thursday Oh, oh, Thursday oh, night. I thought you said I started to listen to The Habit. Oh, yeah, I was listening to The okay. Voice oh, of The Habit. Your... Oh, my God, I... I told you, girl, I am brain dead today. <laughs> it's okay. It was kind of a convoluted statement. Told <laughs> me. Well, I have, what have I been doing? Well, I went and visited you for one thing. Yeah. That was super fun. I finally got to show you the cemetery. Yes. I can confirm, closet. listeners, she is not lying. She lives in a cemetery. I am surrounded by dead people. I have seen baby gardens. I have seen the mausoleum. I've seen the weird, like, shriney thing down at the end of your street. I've seen it all. I've mm-hmm. seen the haunted closet. I've seen it all. Yeah. I had a friend who thought that I only called it Babyland Gardens. Like, she thought I made that up. Oof. And one day she was like, you know, it's just really weird that that's what you call it. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? Because I thought she meant, like, the universal you, not, like, me specifically. <laughs> and she goes, it's kind of fucked up. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like, this went on for way too long. <laughs> And we were, like, walking through the cemetery at the time, and so we walked past it, and she's like, I just don't understand why you have to keep calling it that. And I was like, because that's what it's called? We're currently having this part of the conversation in front of the giant marble slab. That's Are you serious? Yeah. And I was, like, I was kind of catching on that she thought that I was the one who, like, that was my personal name for it. And she's, you know, and eventually I just kind of pointed, and I was like, no, it's, like, it's literally written in stone. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, literally... And she goes, oh, my God, I thought that was just a name that you called it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a weird sense of humor, but it's not that insensitive, I hope. <laughs> I mean... I, I probably would have called it Babyland Gardens, I mean, even if it wasn't I called Babyland <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I maybe I have a sick sense of humor because I would have loved it. <laughs> I would have been like, ooh, that's I mean. Up. Th- 
The implication also being that someone who owns the cemetery came up with that name and ordered a slab of marble with the words Babyland Gardens carved into it. Yeah, it's grim. It's grim. Maybe they would, maybe I'd get along with that person. <laughs> it sounds like we might have similar Either senses of humor. Either you would have the same sense of humor or their house would be full of live, laugh, love um, wood carvings. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and dolls. Ooh. Oh, God. I, when I used to live in these apartments, there was a guy in our complex who collected dolls. No. And I'm such an asshole. We, we, he, like, cut himself really badly and was, like, bleeding everywhere. And so when he was distracted, me and my neighbor went in with a video camera. <laughs> He didn't get blood on them, did he? Because once they taste the blood, they wake up. Oh, there might have been blood on some of them. Yeah, that's how you get a haunted doll. Shit. I know what that explains my luck since then. It's been vengeance from the haunted doll. <laughs> He's been exacting vengeance all this time. Oh my yep. But yeah, so we had we had a little adventure. We and I went to Bur what uh Bourbon House. What is it? Pope House. The Pope House. Oh, and it and was finally had the half man. Yes, and we we had a, a I discovered the joy of malt liquor fizzy water. Oh, we had yeah. a new epic taste test, so that mm-hmm. was fun. I'm mm-hmm. a grapefruit gal myself. I've discovered raspberry personally. But... Okay, fair, fair. They're all good. They're <laughs> all good. Super, super fun. Yeah. I, I I don't know why we didn't think to like record something when we were in like full drunken state. You know, I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't personally. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it was. It would have been. It would have been classic. <laughs> I think. I mean, rare form. Drunk Mars works in a way that she, you know, she only acts that way because she's confident that she'll never have to think about it again. So, oh, when okay. there's evidence, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair when there's going to be evidence, she's a well. I like to believe she's more careful. She's probably not. <laughs> she only buys five knives. She tells me she's care- careful, but uh. Oh, that we reminds all, me. I, we all know she lies. So you also got a tactical spork for your birthday. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> have you drank all the little bottles in your birthday cake? Uh... I have the aviation gin left. Oh, okay, you saved the best for last. So I don't have a warm up question this week, so we're just going to keep on moving. Um, I I meant to, and I completely forgot to go back and fill that in. So let's just talk about why I decided to pick this movie. I actually don't remember why I picked this movie. I think it was just it's been on my to watch list forever. And I've heard conflicting things about whether it was good or not. And I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's throw caution to the wind and that's, await further instructions. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the theme of this show is, eh, let's I find out. To, I tend to overthink my choices. And this time, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just decided to, to give it a shot. And we'll see how that went. Would you mind giving us a little synopsis of this movie? Sure. Uh, so the movie is about Nick and Angie. Nice. I watched this movie. I watched this movie with the subtitles on because oh, if damn. I can see the names, they stick oh, better. Oh, you're a visual learner. Got that, it. Got it. That and for some reason, I just could not for the life of me understand what the sister was saying. Ever. Yeah, I also watched it with the subtitles. On. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I could understand everyone else perfectly fine, but his sister. Just assume it's something racist and you'll be fine. Yeah, so that's the funny thing about this movie is the beginning was deeply uncomfortable and the rest of it is where I was like, okay, all right, this is my comfort zone. But <laughs> yeah. that first half hour was like, <laughs> ooh, spicy. Oh, too, too real. It's too, too real. real. <laughs> uh, but it's about Nick and his girlfriend, Angie, and they're going to spend Christmas with Nick's family and they pull up in front of the house and Nick is like, we don't have to, we could leave. We shouldn't do this and she's doing that no i want to meet your family and i have to insert here that if you are meeting someone else's family and they don't want to do it maybe respect that choice not because it's going to end with um tv aliens but it is still their awkward family right like you can't exactly like insist on going and then be surprised when they're racist right like (laughs) right (laughs) but also like why didn't he give her more of a heads up like here's what's up this yeah. is why why things are strange. Because, like, Angie looks legit surprised when they turn out to be, like, Bigots. super Fox Newsy, you know? Yeah. 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 You'd, think, you'd think he could have given her just, like, a little. Not just, like, oh, I just don't want to see them. But, like, they're kind of. Um, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So they go into the house, and Angie does indeed quickly find that her, her Nick's family, uh are racist and anti-immigration and Mm -hmm. all of this like 
really a lot of things okay so here's the funny thing is that a lot of these issues i don't know when this movie was made because as per usual i just watched it and did no research 2018 okay so current um so you know it dealt with a lot of issues that are current issues and the funny thing is is that i just the night before watched a movie on hulu that was advertised as a comedy and it a hundred percent was not and it was similar where it was dealing with like not exactly the way certain countries are today but there you know it was like an an exaggerated but it was like the themes were very real to Mm. the point where you could recognize where the movie was trying to be funny but it just wasn't because it was so it's called the oath Oh, I've been wanting to see that. Is it not funny? It's not funny. It oh, is no. deeply disturbing. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's that's the other thing that I wanted to <laughs> that made that, that what I thought of when I watched the beginning of this movie was like, you were like not again. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I just need a yeah. break. So anyway, uh, Angie is introduced to the super racist family and the really bigoted grandfather and Sadist. Uh, bigoted grandfather yeah like yeah he he his smile as he just like emasculates and like just and causes like friction in the family is and he was he did he play filch in the harry potter movies yep that's him david did he also play walder frey yeah okay yeah the one of the reasons i picked this movie was i was like oh it has david bradley in it he's always interesting Oh my god i would rather never see him wash his balls again if possible <laughs> oh god i didn't even know how happy i was to have never seen him wash his balls until it was too late <laughs> like, until it oh you sweet summer child already happened to me and then i was like oh yeah that is something i wish had never happened You're, like it's like bcad but it's like ball wash before <laughs> the ball wash <laughs> We're just going to start changing the dates to what. Anywho, so they get into a really big fight because Kate, um, Nick's pregnant sister, is just awful. Just like all sorts of awful. And And she's like that. Not not to be funny or not to be rude, but racist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's that kind of racist. Yeah. The the kind who (sighs) think that you can say something offensive after saying not to be offensive, but you know which is just a red flag to whatever the fuck you say next is gonna be garbage fire right and it's like that doesn't give you like it's not like oh yeah that's your get out of racism free card you didn't get the immunity idol you're still a dick no it's still offensive (laughs) like it doesn't doesn't work that way um anyway they get in a huge fight and nick decides that they're gonna stay the night and then leave the next day because you know and Angie angie wants to go she doesn't want to stay the night but you know nick insists i'm not really sure why they didn't bounce right then i don't know i would have been like okay cool well you can meet me at the hotel tomorrow if you're gonna stay here but i'm taking the car i'm out of here like and and it just i mean i don't even know how she could and especially since he doesn't sleep in the room with her because good christian i mean i know he says it kind of like yeah you know mockingly but he does sleep in a different room than she does and i don't know if i would feel safe sleeping alone in a house of racist white people you know like (laughs) me neither (laughs) (laughs) regardless of what my race is it's not safe for anyone no it's not a good place to be uh so they get up the next morning and they try to leave and there is this like metal sheeting covering all the doors and windows and whatnot and um at one point it didn't really look like it later but at one point i swear you could see other people's christmas lights through it so it looked like it was almost like a uh mesh but then it looked real solid later yeah, so i, I don't know i couldn't tell yeah because it seemed like you could see light through it but i couldn't tell if it was actually like space between them and i know she digs one out at some point but or if it was just like i don't know part of the way that it was cre- you know what i mean made yeah. was like i don't know but it's really, like, the setup for this movie, I have to say, is pretty great. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Like, even, like, you know, we've been kind of joking about the fi- family dynamic at the early part of this movie. But, like, I feel like they do a pretty good job with all of the family tension. And, like, the, 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 the mood is already super oppressive, even though nothing supernatural or sci- sci-fi has happened yet. Like, even if it were just a movie about this family dynamic, you're already totally, like, there's, like, you know, there's just, like, this sense of unease about it. 
Yeah. You know, like, um, and like, uh, you know, you see little hints that something weird is happening with like lights flickering and you know, because you're going into this and they've already spoiled shit with the Netflix picture that something wackadoo is going to happen. But, but even just, just the family stuff alone is so just oppressive and uncomfortable that like it, it does a good job of atmosphere building when you get into the like when it gets really creepy yeah yeah and i uh my family is is really functional so we've never had a holiday get together where everybody was on you know at odds with each other but i hear nice i hear that's a thing (laughs) it seems to be a theme in movies that's how i know that this happens because i've seen it happen in movies Uh um but so you know for people who maybe that is a an accurate representation of what it's like to come home for the holidays and have to deal with your family hating your girlfriend and your yeah. sister and her husband being just awful people. Yeah. Eh. It's not great. Nope. <laughs> I, uh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not all of us can have your ray of light mom. Okay. I know. And Some she's of one of six grumpy siblings that we hate. She's, <laughs> she's one of six. So you can imagine what holidays are like when there are six of them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of actually kind of fun. It's nice. It's really nice. (laughs) You're like drinking for fun instead of to escape. Wow. What must that be like? (laughs) Anyway, so the uh, Andy and Nick, I keep trying to call him Nate. I'm not sure why. Mm. I might be trying to mix him. He has a very Nate kind of um, energy to him. He does look like a Nate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I say Nate, I mean Nick. But like uh, Nick feels a little more working class, and Nate feels a little more country club, and he has like yeah. country club askness to him. He does. He yeah. definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they've discovered that this you know metal sheeting is covering all of the doors and windows, and there are pipes in some of them, and they. Uh, the family wakes up and everybody. Don't you close the window when you see a pipe directly into your home? Yeah, I would. Um, Dad's opinion was that it was piping in clean oxygen, and oh you know, right, that that explains why they didn't. Okay, yeah, I don't know that. I feel like I'm, I'm way too I'm too suspicious and conspiratorial in my like turn of mind to have bought into all of this as quickly as Dad does. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of the point, right? Like, right, the thoughtless following of technology. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting out of myself. Yeah, and so the dad sort of comes up with this idea, and it spreads to everyone else that it's been like some sort of terrorist attack, and they're being quarantined because there's like a chemical agent involved, and and he turns to Scott to try to just solidify Scott on his team, uh, mm-hmm. the Nick's uh, brother-in-law, and Scott is. He, I mean, Scott takes a, a couple of different turns through the course of the movie, but he starts out as being like, you know, he's always using that like hand gripper exercise thing and he just yeah. wants to be like a man's man and he wants to impress his father-in-law. So he kind of just goes along with it and the father saying, you know, we have to, we have to be shepherds and we have to, you know, you need to listen to me. We need to be on the same side as this. So he kind of just is blindly agreeing with Tony, the dad, right? The writer of this has some some um, strong feelings about masculinity. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like he's that, there's a lot of themes that get explored in this movie, but toxic masculinity is definitely front and center with like yeah. the, the generational stuff that's happening and the fact that the gap in the house sighting is vaginal, <laughs> like it, when they have to return. Yeah. The... And it has like vagina dentata. Yes, yep. yeah. <laughs> Bite them fingers right off, motherfucker. Yep, yep. Uh, so they the TV comes on and it says that it's an emergency, or they turn on the TV. Right. But anyway, which you says, would makes right, sense because they're looking for news, you know. And it's it looks like well, the dad says it's like an emergency broadcast signal, which I know exists. But they, I mean, and I, it's a different country. Maybe it's just in the United States. But the one in the United States has that really horrible siren, you know, and then it like has the scrolling oh, the text worst. and stuff. And it's not just like a 1980s video game text on a screen. Uh-huh. But it says that, you know, it's an emergency broadcast and just to stay, keep the TV on and you'll get information that way. So the mm-hmm. TV tells them that they have to scrub all their exposed flesh with bleach because, you know, to get rid of the agents or whatever, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then that's where we get treated to David some Bradley's ball washing. Balls. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess we don't see the balls, but like they're so implied. I feel like I have seen them. You know, like when people think back about Halloween and they're like, God, that movie was so violent. And then you actually go and watch it and there's like no blood in the movie. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like that's what happens with David Bradley's balls in this movie. Like, do we actually see the balls? No, but we see enough that like we, we experience them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be so, like, everybody I feel like was really, uh, re- really okay with rubbing bleach onto their skin. Like, I would, I don't know if I would be that okay with it. Cause yeah. I feel like that would burn. I, I mean, I am I right? I have very sensitive skin, okay? Like, I already have to buy, like, really mild products. Yeah. I can't and then, imagine putting bleach on this. I know. And then, you know, when the dad's like, we should start with armpits and crotch. And then I was like, oh, bleach crotch? directly on my lady bits. Like, typical Ugh. dude. Like, yeah. Like, <sighs> you don't have the same membrane, my yeah. friend. <laughs> it's different tissues. From... It's not the same. It's really not the same. <laughs> and then when Nick and Angie are cuddling after they did their bleach bath and all like things, like, man, they two, the two of them must smell so strongly of, right? of bleach. I don't know how you could be, like, I wouldn't want to be, like, close to my own person, let alone double that with Is someone else. Is weird that I really love the smell of bleach? Um, like, yeah, some people like the smell of gasoline. I yeah. do not. But, like, when I'm cleaning and I smell bleach, I kind of, like, puff it. <laughs> I can't. Bleach bothers me. I like really? the gasoline though. Yeah, oh, but bleach really it like it stings. Like yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like it a little bit. I mean, I don't want to get actual bleach in my nose, but like right. I like the smell of bleach cleaner. Like it smells good to me. Yeah. I mean, I understand that that, you know, thing that weird thing that for some reason humans have where it's like you recognize that something smells terrible but you love it anyway. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get that instinct. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't have it for bleach. Fair enough. I mean, to each his own. I don't think it's that weird because, you know. The guy... Find yourself Fridays. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Find yourself Friday. <laughs> All right. Continue. Yep. Uh, so they scrub themselves down with bleach and then they get sent a packet of open and apparently used syringes. There is to... no way. No. There is no. There is no way. There is no way. I would have quarantined myself. I would have been like, oh, no, I'll just be upstairs. You can lock me in the room. But I'm not doing yeah. that. There's no fucking way. I, I, truly, there is no way. I don't know how to say it any more strongly. This that is... I would use a used syringe. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Did Ange and I kept waiting for there to be some sort of reveal that Angie and Nick didn't do it. Yeah, me too. But it never came back. I was like, they totally faked it, which is what you do. You fake it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just like squirt it behind their back and be like, whoops, you know? And be like, ooh, sting so bad. Yeah. But it never comes back. So I'm like, wait, did they actually do it? And then in the end, I mean, I guess I'm getting ahead of everything, but I even wondered like, what was, I mean, okay, we'll talk about that in the, the end, but I just couldn't tell. But I did the same thing. I also assumed that they faked it and was waiting for that to come back around somehow. But anyway, the TV gives them a message that this is a test vaccine. That's the other thing. Even if it had been a brand new sealed unopened needle. Yeah. If you don't know what's in it and the actual emergency services are telling you like, well, it's just a test vaccine. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know. I don't think so. I would not. But anyway, so they all get bullied into doing it because the dad is saying that they have to. And Angie's trying to tell everyone because she's a doctor that this is like highly unsafe, which is bizarre that they need a doctor to tell them that they should know these things. Like that's right. That's a thing. We all know that used needles are a no-no. Right. Right. Yeah. We have an entire decade that has proven that that's a problem. Okay. People, if you don't know this at home, consider this your warning. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess Nick and Angie do do it, I suppose, take the vaccine. But, uh, anyway, everything's super, super tense. Um, oh, and then the fact that, uh, Kate, the, who's pregnant, I mean, she had to be really convinced to do it. She really didn't want to take the vaccine, but I mean, pregnant women aren't even supposed to take like regular medications in some cases, you know, yeah. like let alone mystery vaccine from a used needle. Ugh. Ugh. But uh, anyway, so the dad bullies everyone into doing it, and then uh, Nick 
decides that he's going to go find a way out, right? Yeah. So he's exploring. He's, like, up in the attic, I think, or a crawl space or something. Yeah. And he's removed some of the ceiling and found out that it's, like, covering the entire house. This, like, wire, meshy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Metal sheeting. I don't really know what to call it. I think metal sheeting is the closest I have. But yeah. anyway. Meanwhile, Scott is collecting the needles because the TV has said that you need to return the needles, right? And a, a very vaginal opening has appeared in between two of the rods. And Scott's having some real difficulty getting it in there, you know? It's like, yeah. it just doesn't want to go. And then after he's deposited the needles and the TV says needles, you know, confirms that the needles have been returned, he sticks his fingers into it and starts yelling for help, right? Because he thinks yeah. that that's going to do anything. And the hole closes and cuts three of his fingers off. If only we could. <laughs> yep. I mean, come on, evolution. I know. Apparently, I don't need wisdom teeth, but that would have been a nice, a nice surprise. Um. So Angie sews up Scott's fingers, and right. So the TV is telling them to do all these things, and the um, it says that you need to quarantine. Oh, and Grandpa died after the yeah. vaccine. Didn't work out so great for Grandpa. No, but we. I don't think any of us thought it was gonna. So, uh, and it says that the, the, they need to quarantine the dead and the infected. And so they all get it into their mind because Angie has the beginnings of a cold that she is the infected and that she's, she's got, you know, whatever virus or chemical agent or whatever it is. So they lock her in a room with grandpa and, you know, luckily she is a doctor. I mean, I'm sure she wasn't happy about it, but at least she has some experience being around corpses because... That's uncomfortable. I don't know that. I don't know. Anyway. No. Um, Nick is still trying to find a way out. I'm getting a little hazy on the order of events. But anyway, okay. he, ins- he unscrews a pipe in the bathroom, like where the toilet connects. Puts his phone onto a like a mop handle, like tapes it. Starts recording a video and just sticks it out as far as he can go, right? Because right. he's trying to record what's out there. Pulls it back in, watches the video, and it's just, like, licorice monsters all over the house. And they've, like, there's black goo on his phone. And yeah. um, the TV, meanwhile, has set off an alarm and is telling everybody that the perimeter is being breached. And so Dad and Scott come up and find Nick, and uh, they're super pissed. And Dad just straight up knocks. Well, we missed one thing that is important. And that's I thought that, during I thought the so. scuffle. There's a scuffle that takes place. Um, between um, Nick and Scott. And in the process, his sister is knocked over the stairs and breaks breaks her her leg. leg. Compound fracture. God damn it. But they still won't let Angie out. Nope, even though she is a doctor. Even though she's a doctor. And dad takes this real takes this moment to like, you know, his daughter's got a broken leg. She's screaming. She's pregnant. She just fell from a second floor, you know. And he's like, I'm going to go work in the study where it's quiet. And Scott's kind yeah. of like, what the, what, is, what do you mean? You're just going to go take a break. What the fuck? Yeah. So, <clears throat> and Scott's going into like a state of shock, I think for a number of reasons, but mm-hmm. he's, you know, he keeps having to be prompted to do things and to be reminded to like, come on, man, you need to, you need to be doing something. And Nick, uh, after the fact is talking to Angie through the door and he's saying, He's describing things that he's seen about Kate's wound, about how there's, like, dark lines coming up from the wound, and and she is telling him that sepsis is setting in and that they have to get her to a hospital or, or she's gonna die, you know? Yeah. So that's when he starts, expo- you know, trying to find – or sticks his phone out through the, the pipe, and it comes back covered in goo. Dad gets mad and just – in probably the only moment that maybe was kind of funny, I thought it was funny, where he's just like, calm down, and then just like clocks him straight in the face. Like, that's, that was your order of events? It wasn't like, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird precursor to getting to punching someone in the face. But anyway, so they, uh, Nick comes to, and he's duct taped to a chair, and his dad and Scott, uh, because of a message from the TV saying that there's, uh, what was I forget the phrase they used, but there's a, a spy in their midst, basically. Yeah, like this the something. Oh, what was it? Yeah, but it's essentially a spy. Yeah. Um, and so the dad is convinced that it's Nick. He's convinced that Angie has turned him to the other side, you know. And uh, Scott is starting to voice some reservations of like, you know, maybe you shouldn't 
pry your son's eyeball out with oh, the screwdriver. Yeah. Um, which is what he's the dad is preparing to do when the mom yells out that Kate has died. Now, <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, I was like, "Oh, it's a bummer that she's pregnant because now she'll she'll won't they won't kill her because you can't kill a pregnant lady." Oh, I and then she, she died, and then I was like. Well, now I feel bad for saying I hope they kill the, you know, the yeah. sister. <laughs> I mean, she sucked. She did suck. <laughs> it was that's a bold move, though. I thought for sure that being pregnant was going to be what saved her, but oh, see, I was expecting some sort of like weird aliens, like parasite baby situation. Like that's what I thought. The the we never really found out other than the the grandpa dying. Like what was actually in that vaccine, if anything at all. Right, and so I thought, but I thought it was like they were being injected with like aliens or something. So I kept waiting for that to turn into something. So then later, when the baby's like moving in her corpse, I was like, "Oh, here we go! Here comes the alien baby." But instead, it was just a regular baby. Yeah. Oh my god! But the reveal of the regular baby was really something. That we'll was, get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where were we? Oh, she. Oh. Mom has had it. Yeah. She slaps dad in the face and calls him on his shit. Yeah, yeah. And Scott has taken the quick turn again away from dad to, you know, Nick's side and being like, dad's crazy. Um, Mom locks herself in the bathroom with Kate's body. And is exploring the her. She's, you know, being proactive, yeah. unlike most of everybody else in the movie. And she actually bends one of the, like, metal wires that's covering the window so she can look at it. And I don't think she knows this, but we get a shot of a view of the thing looking at her. Yeah, it's the, like some sort end. of fiber optic cable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she finds a TV in the closet and uh, turns it on, and it's a series of really fun looking symbols and then a countdown yeah and then the message i see you which was ah, that was creepy it was creepy it was, was real really creepy, creepy which is actually the second i see you message because scott gets one yeah in the begin or before this yes um and even though he's not 100 percent sure he saw what he saw because it just flashed by and he does confess it to nick saying i thought i saw something you know i'm not sure but i thought it said i see you uh-huh um nick and angie are starting to have this theory that these things are the events are connected to their own actions and it's not just like a preordained series of events it's you know based on their own reactions to stuff so uh i guess this i'm getting it all out of order because that's what leads to the fight right because nick turns off the tv and he turns it back on and it's all the fun symbols and yeah then, yeah 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 we're out of order but that's okay we can move i mean that's i fine. mean generally you're supposed to watch the movie before we get to this anyway, so yeah. <laughs> these are all things that happen, if maybe not in this particular order. Word. Yeah. Um, because now it's just sort of the, the dash to the end where uh, they get a message on the TV saying that everybody living needs to get down to the first floor because um, they're quarantining or, you know, they're eliminating the infection on the top floor. So Nick... Is trying to get Angie out of the room because it's filling with smoke. She's taken the back off the TV and seen something that we haven't seen yet, and it's yeah. been horrifying. Um, Scott, who's now on Nick's side, is trying to help him out with his poor mutilated hand. They have a really fun trade off of those keys. I did kind of like that. He yeah. like kind of half lobs it and he misses it, and then he's like scram. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Um, so Nick gets Angie out of the room, and that's when he realizes his mom is stuck in the bathroom on the second floor. And so he's trying, and the door is jammed, you know. And um, so he's trying to punch his way through a window, uh -huh. and mom's yelling at him that you need to go, you need to go. We are seeing that this black smoke stuff is like disintegrating mom's skin away. Oof. And then she just like explodes. It's very like Cloverfield parasite yeah. kind of effect. Or it's like behind a screen, and all of a sudden they just, pff, yeah. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. which was a cool effect. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, so they get downstairs. Dad's still around, right? Because then it's right. oh, they get well, downstairs yeah. and they find out that uh, the this the TV has turned into like a black hole kind of image, right? And it starts giving these really awesome and things you always want to hear at any yeah. point during an emergency. Things yeah. like "I am reborn." 
and resur- I am resurrected and all this. Yeah. And Dad starts believing that it's God who's speaking through the TV and that they've been tested. Dad is officially and... off the deep end. He thought yeah. he was crazy when he was torturing his own son. Get ready. Hold. He was like, hold my beer. <laughs> he was just getting warmed up. <laughs> right. He had a lot left in the reserve. Yeah. Uh, and the crazy tank. Yep, yep. It was not empty. Uh, and that's when Angie sees that Kate's stomach is moving. Yeah. And they check and she's warm, you know, and so she starts saying we need to do a cesarean. That's how we'll save the baby. Um, the TV states that in order to save the baby, they need to give a sacrifice, which obviously Ooh, dad goes for Angie. Of course. Then it becomes just a mad, you know, and Scott grabs Nick. He does a real quick U-turn here because he went yeah. Nick and then back to dad and then back to Nick again, like, within, like, five minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, the poor guy's just confused. He just yeah, doesn't. I think he's a bit of a dum-dum. Yeah, he just needs someone to follow and he's just not quite sure who that should be. So it's pretty much just whoever spoke to him last yeah. becomes the person that he <laughs> attaches to. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, he's also, I'm sure, in a state of shock, but this, I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I think he's also pretty pissed that that uh, his wife's dad just like went and locked himself in a in the study while they all had to sit there while she screamed and died. Yep, that makes yeah. you a little feel have a, some feelings. Towards yeah, he someone. is pretty mad about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't really blame him. Yeah. Um. So anyway, dad's trying to kill Angie. Accidentally kills Scott instead because I mean, and I mean, we all knew that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. And uh, that's when. Nick then, kills dad, right? Uh, they kind of, he attacks him, and so, like, together, Angie and him kill the dad. Yeah, and, and then, dump the TV on his head. Right. And you think, oh, okay, problem solved. Not problem solved. No. New problems, though. It's about new to get very, arise. like, Tetsuo up in here. Yeah. So then the TV hops right back up on its, <laughs> on its little base, and it's, like, you know, and uh, the screen falls off, and inside of it is all of these writhing licorice snake monsters Mm -hmm. that start just filling the house and you know covering just everything and of course it's a nick and angie scramble to the kitchen and And it like grows arms and like has a beating heart (laughs) yeah and then in a really gross moment when it like pierces angie's like achilles tendon-ish area that's just such a sense it's like it's like it's it's one of the like soft tissue small violence things it's just so Uh, squeamish and icky yeah um and then it does something even worse than that where it sends some of its tentacles through the back of dad's neck out through his mouth and turns him into a murder puppet the movement and like sort of the puppetry of the dad is kind of amazing like the way it looks like he really is being moved around by the head yeah. It's kind of, it is uncanny and disturbing in a very exciting way. <laughs> yeah, it was it was real good. Yeah. So the vine monster gets the hatchet everybody was wrestling over and puts it in dad's hands using dad as a puppet and a speaker. And it, yeah. it's very similar to uh, that scene in Independence Day when the alien uses the scientist. Yes, it know? is like that. Yes. It, this voice even had the same kind of sound to uh-huh. it. But, uh, so they smash, it smashes dad's head through the kitchen. That part is really genuinely creepy, I think. Yeah. And especially when he pulls his face out. I don't know, there's something about- Well, and, like, his ear flaps over the, yeah. the glass and stuff. It is- It's just- It's- Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's uncanny in a way that is very effective. Yeah, and it, it's, it's such the, like, it's just little details that make it seem- so much more real the ear flap thing i mean i know you and i both have like a, a habit of latching onto these really small ideas but it's yeah. like the just that carelessness in that made it seem yeah. so much more dangerous that it's he's using a human body as a puppet but it's not his dad you know oh yeah even though it has it uses dad to kind of speak even though it doesn't really sound like dad's voice but it's saying like you know worship me mm-hmm. and angie realized or you know they both realize that it's a parasite and it can't kill them because it needs them you know but right. and then nick does the thing that everybody does in most horror movies so like you know fine come and get me yeah you know? unfortunately this this is the part where this movie fell apart for me a little bit this final final beat yeah it doesn't yeah. quite land me. Because it just, 
so they pass out under is this when they have the or they, wait that's no, when dad's still alive yeah dad that's how dad was able to get at angie is that's they had, right. had a dream where they're like in a field and blah, blah, blah. yeah because mm. some for some reason they went from being like completely awake to just sleeping i don't know if time is supposed to have elapsed or something. anyway well, i also think you have enough. that like adrenaline thing where you just get so exhausted and you pass out mm. Mm. true um anyway i guess it's irrelevant now um because <laughs> Oh yeah, because it get it uses dad to kill them, right? No, I think it just sort of attacks. Because like I think what happens is the AI real or what whatever TV alien realizes that there is another host that is not that is not going to push back. It's not going to fight it, and it, like it can basically control it. Yeah, so it disintegrates Kate's body. This was so cool. Yeah, this is actually leaving cool. <laughs> basically just her like pelvic bones were that were protecting the baby that she was two weeks away from giving birth to it and baby is revealed the tv celebrates its birth it has dad bring the tv downstairs so that it can do like a little fireworks it looks like fireworks graphic yeah. you know and then it said you know welcome ruby because that was one of the names they were thinking of naming her if it was a girl the implication being that now this licorice monster is gonna raise a baby and i know i know i'm not really sure how that's gonna work that baby's gonna get hungry pretty soon right and all i could imagine was like licorice monster like putting the baby down and the baby sleeping and it's like trying to slither away and then just like drooping as the baby cries again and licorice monster's like i just i just want to take a shower I haven't talked to another adult licorice monster in weeks. It's just like covered in vomit and spit up. And it's like, I, I just want a nap. I just want to take a nap. <laughs> oh, shit. I haven't yeah. talked to another monster in weeks. <laughs> and then we get the pan out. We see that all the houses are covered with the monsters. Roll credits. So, what'd you think of the movie? I actually, I didn't hate it. I mean, I have my moments where it's maybe not my favorite. Yeah. Uh Yeah, but uh overall, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't hate it. I thought it was actually, it was, it was okay. I think it was a solid seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the kind of movie that, like, young filmmakers need to see. Yeah. Not because, like, it's some massive achievement. You know, like, everybody needs to see, like, Citizens Kane or whatever. You know, we've talked about this before, but... Um, and th- th- I'm not, com- I'm not trying to make that comparison. I'm just saying like, this is the kind of movie that I feel is very, um, aspirational because it shows you what you can do with a single location, a clever concept, some decent performances, a little bit of, you know, FX work, like even without the FX work, like this movie succeeded largely. You can, this is an achievable film to make if you're starting out making films. And I think that that anytime I see something like this, I always find it very very cool like that we get so caught up in like the pomp and circumstance of these like really high production you know films to see something small like this is a reminder that like some of the freshest ideas and like are totally achievable so i liked that about this movie a lot i actually really liked this movie quite a bit as well like when i was saying like it lost me this final beat with the the final face off between the two of them i don't think it quite stuck that landing but at by and large, I really actually liked this movie, so I don't really mind if there was a couple moments here where I was kind of like, eh, come on, you're not gonna go like, come at me, bro, to the, like, <laughs> tentacle TV monster. Nobody is doing that! No. No, because it might take you up on the offer, as yeah. we find out. Yeah, exactly. And I, and the thing is, is, like, I do I think it's kind of goofy that it's a parasite in the end? Yes, except for that I do feel like what he's get, the writer is getting at with these themes makes that work. And that, like, there's this idea that, like, techno- technology kind of controls us now, and we just sort of blindly believe the things we read and that we see on there, and that there's, like, a real danger in that. But that also, in order for that to, it's, like, it's reciprocal, though. Like, in order to continue to have things like the Fox News or, you know, the, um, what's that crazy guy on YouTube? Oh, Infowars guy like yeah. in order to have those things like you also have to be giving it your eyeballs you know what i mean and so yeah. you feed off of each other and so that's kind of an interesting idea 
Also, I like that it started with sort of like the real world consequences of how technology is like, like really messing with people's minds now um, and like creating these like sort of in, in that case over there, it's like the Brexit stuff or like the anti-immigrant messages. Like you see them watching the news and the news is like showing them how scary the world is mm-hmm. and it's sort of reinforcing these ideas. And so like that is very prescient. But then it goes into like a like I said, it kind of goes into like this sci-fi realm where like it talks about like, you know, the next step of what could happen, like with AI, things like that. I don't know. Not necessarily exactly, but like I like that it kind of grounds it in real world effects and then kind of takes it to a, a sci-fi place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like this movie. I feel like this is a little bit of a hidden gem. I think you could oversell it very easily and the less you know going in, like having kind of relatively decent expectations but nothing too crazy you'll find kind of a fun hidden gem here i think and all the performances i thought were really good like you know normally in these kind of lesser known movies you know the acting sometimes is a little lacking or there's like a character or two that isn't written well Mm -hmm. you know but this i felt like all the characters were written well balanced and you know like the mom who wants to be the peacemaker but she wasn't that typical peacemaking mom who kind of turned you know is very like oh i should make more cookies you know like she had a presence to her and she had like an awareness that i think it gets written out of a lot of stereotype mom during the holiday also roles. fear there's some fear there yeah mm-hmm. yeah and like a little bit of desperation of wanting her family together i totally agree with you like the performances across the board in this are surprisingly solid like and even scott whose role is to play kind of like the maybe not so bright really masculine dude like even he when he's going through his many stages of shock and grief right you know it's not he's not just the guy who's running around calling everyone needle dick and doing oh, push-ups everyone, you my know God, like, yes <laughs> no i know <laughs> to me i think the standouts were david bradley as the sadistic grandpa like his little smirk as he like is causing just absolute like emotional devastation and like terrorism in his fucking family is really like it's bone chilling Mm -hmm. but the other one i think is actually really great is the dad like that performance could have been so corny and hammy and like and like you know scenery chewy but like he even when he's having like his big ridiculous over-the-top moments like there's enough like sadness and vulnerability in him that he doesn't come across as a cartoon villain and I right. think, especially in the like the themes that they're exploring in this movie, like you cannot turn these people into total cartoons in order for it to like really resonate because they have to be like your family member who you're like watching get like because we you know most in this time a lot of us have a situation where we're watching families get indoctrinated into these like news cycles where like they are turning into like monsters because they're working from a data set that is corrupted mm-hmm. and like I think you have to kind of see him as a person as well as a villain in order to like for that theme to come through. And I think the actor does a really good job of that. Like in those stuff with his dad and stuff, like you do have sympathy for him. Like imagine being raised by that monster. Yeah. But and then trying to be balanced as an adult. And after his wife yells at him and, you know, tells him that she hates him and he never listens to anybody. And the way he just wanders around the house covered in his son's blood, like he legitimately is like, oh, my God, she said she hates me. Like there's so and he's not even saying he's just sort of wandering around in the background. But he is so like devastated. Yeah. But that his wife would say something like that to him or, you know, even when he's sitting on the ground chanting religious stuff at the tv which is never a sign never a thing you want to see and it didn't have that like like over exaggerated fanatic feel to it it just had like oh this guy he's this is the last thing that he has to hold on to is the hope that this is god right and that it's gonna be okay and this was all just a test like this this is the only thing he's got left he's lost everything else all he's got is hoping that the tv is god yeah although i do feel like it's a pretty brutal indictment of like religious fanaticism by the the writer who's just like all right when you've got nothing else you just believe to believe and like you can do anything you can become anything if you believe hard enough like and not in a like you can be president but in a you can torture your own child kind of way yeah you can murder someone and as long as it's you know and feel totally justified in it like because you see each time something increasingly gets worse and worse he justifies it like with to the point at the end where he's like we've been tested and we've made sacrifices but like first it's when dad dies he's like old men die 
Then yeah. when his daughter dies, it's like he, every single time something terrible happens, he has some rat. He's able to rationalize it through this like fucked up worldview that he has. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea also that like all the channels all just are one message. Also, like I think there's some ideas about how like that's really dangerous. Like how people get sucked into like a new like 24 hour news cycle and like they only hear this one particular voice. And eventually that voice t- becomes like they just parrot it and eventually like absorb it and it becomes like like what they believe blindly and mm-hmm. and that and doing that even though well intentioned initially can turn you into a monster is pretty ugh, like yeah. this person is really coming for Brexit like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I didn't think, expect to have this movie be as deep as it was but I kind of was either. like all right okay know like it's not the most subtle movie but like it actually really does have something to say yeah and there's more you know because it's it's my first glance anyway was like oh okay it's another movie that's saying that technology is taking over our lives and it's just you know it's kind of an old story at this point nobody's gonna be it's not revelatory to be like we already saw the matrix like right you know (laughs) but there was more to it than that it was talking about the symbiotic relationship and how you know we might complain about all of the screens and the media and how much our kids don't ever go outside anymore or whatever but it's only there because we are feeding it right you know and and on top of that like there, and you know, the, I just can't stop thinking about like the acting and the effects. I mean, the effects were not great, but you could tell that. I kind of loved them though. But they were. I mean, it was. Was it stop motion? It and looked oh, a little stop I, I motion. I think it's CGI, but it felt like stop motion in a way that, like, did it look totally real? No, but it, like, it, it touched on my like stop motion nostalgia. It was a Neur- little, neurons, a little so. bit, little shop of horrors. Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> it was a little Harryhausen, and I was not mad at it. No, and I mean like. Effects are expensive. Yeah. Not everybody has the budget to get Lord of the Rings level. Yeah. They're not getting, effects. like, ILM on this movie. Like, it's just yeah. not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> but I don't think they were that bad. No, no, you no, know, no, They weren't, like, um, sci-fi original movie, shark no. tornado, or whatever. Right. They were, like, yeah, somewhere in between. But I, like I said, I, I kind of liked, yeah, I liked how they looked. And they were, it was reminiscent of something like, like, um, like Tetsuo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't hate it. Oh, good. I'm so Not glad. <laughs> I knew I was taking a risk with this movie. So the fact that you it wasn't a it. dumpster fire is <laughs> I'm delighted. And that's the thing is it totally could have been so oh, easily in a million different so places. And it just easily. skated by and was like, nope, we're going to make it. We're going to do it. Well, it's going to be okay. That's the power of a good performance, right? Like you can take writing that maybe is a little and make it work. If you can add a little pathos to it. And I do think that, um, see, what's his name? Grant Masters, who played Tony, did a good job of that. Yeah. So, good job, dude. You nailed it. You were a total dick. (laughs) 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 All right. So, what if you were going to rewatch this movie or recommend this uh, movie to another person? Would you recommend they pair with it uh, as far as an aperitif? So, because it is a Christmas movie. Oh, that's right. It's Christmas. Here we yeah. go. Um, and because they use whiskey to disinfect poor Scott's fingers when they're trying oh, to right. somehow sew those wounds shut, um, my suggestion is actually a whiskey spiked eggnog because Ooh. it is holiday, it is whiskey, and it's gross. <laughs> Which is. A lot of the parts in this movie. Well played. I think this is your best recommendation yet. (laughs) Well played, Mars. I approve. I mean, I apologize if you like eggnog, but I mean, if you like eggnog, you're wrong. (laughs) It's so good. It's not for you. It's so gross. Yeah, if I was going to try to think of something that I knew you would hate, eggnog would be right at the top of the list. Based on everything I know about you. When I was in college, I was a barista, and during holiday season, we did eggnog lattes, yeah. and I used to just come home literally covered in dried, steamed egg milk spatters, Ooh. or egg milk, eggnog spatters. That's what it is. It's just egg milk. Yeah. So, um, but, and that smell. And I hated eggnog before that. This is not, like, a result of smelling, like, rancid eggnog for three months out of the year. Mm. I hated it before that. It just was so much worse. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> eggnog trauma awesome okay Uh, no feedback this time um but if you watch this movie and you had some thoughts about it some 
some wanted to talk about themes maybe we missed or the effects or maybe something that if we liked this we should watch it or or if you want to know what the real order of events is, you should watch it. <laughs> you should send us an email at uh, <laughs> Rachel at zombiegirls.com or hit us up on our Facebook page because we do lurk there and we love to hear from you. Um, and if you are enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. So I guess that just leaves what we're going to watch for the next episode. What's our, what's for people who are playing along at home, Mars, this is your pick. What should people watch? We are going to watch Don't Knock Twice, because neither of us have seen it. (laughs) I have no idea what it's going to be like. It might be a dumpster fire. But I mean, in our defense, we both have taken chances on on possible dumpster fires, and only one of us has scored a dumpster fire point, which is myself, for indigenous but (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing is like i kind of the i feel like when we just blind pick things our expectations are really cautiously low and so we end up having a better time than if we're like building up to some movie and then it's just kind of like oh well yeah i liked it but it wasn't amazing you know yeah that's true so i'm into it and Don't Knock Twice is uh, is from my, my Netflix list that I put on there because I, something about it made me want to see it at one point. It just, I've forgotten what that was. Ooh, it has so, Katie Sackhoff in it. I don't know who that is. Did you, oh, no, you're not as much of a nerd as me. Did you watch the make remake of Battlestar Galactica? No, I didn't even watch the original Battlestar okay. Galactica. Fair enough. Well, she was, she was like with the main character. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. It's who is this Kara? It's directed by someone named Kara Dog James. I'm into that. <laughs> That's a Welsh name. Oh, is it? That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. All right, I don't, cool. I don't know why I know that. I mean, I I did not even blink when you knew that because <laughs> that is very in the wheelhouse of random shit that you would know. So I was like, of course, that makes sense. Mars has spoken. <laughs> oh yeah, this looks like it might be spooky. There's a creepy hand knocking on a door. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, let's do this. So it might just be a, a cheesy monster ghost movie, but who knows? It might still be fun. I'm into it. I bet it's going to be good. I'm we're going to roll I'm the pre- dice. <laughs> I'm predicting it's going to be better than we think. That's I hope so. So we'll see how my prediction skills are. <laughs> Plus, it's not often that I pick something that you haven't seen already. So I'm here's the thing: I have not been watching. Like I usually watch everything. I have not been. So like we, I, this is good. It's motivating me to like watch something. Good. Because I've been like just watching like <laughs> super light. I've been watching cat show documentaries apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm super into it. Let's do it. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. All right, I guess that's it. Until next time, Mars, you want to take us out? Thanks for coming back. Watch Don't Knock Twice, and uh, we'll see you next time. Woohoo! Yeah. Awesome. All right, bye, everybody. It also doesn't help that Randy, whenever he has sleep paralysis, totally thinks it's aliens. Like, he sees rays at the end of our bed and stuff. That's a common thing, actually, yeah. for people who have sleep paralysis is seeing aliens. I never see aliens. It's always demonic. I see everyday household objects moving on their own. Ah! Like, oh, like the balloon? Yeah. Or once it was a broom, and it oh, was no. just, like, it was bristles, standing on its bristles, and it was just like swinging up and down, like smacking the floor and bouncing back up and smacking the floor and bouncing back up. No. Yeah. No. And no. I'm a really vivid dreamer. So when I see stuff, when I'm, you know, in the throes of sleep paralysis, it's it's hyper detailed. And so it's just like I can see individual broom. Bristles? Hairs? Bristles. Yes. <laughs> Or once I woke up and there was a spice rack floating above me and it was like slowly spinning and I could like read the labels and there were like oh, ingredients no. and That is so weird. You have such a domestic sleep paralysis demon. I know. Once it was just a backpack. It was just a red Jansport backpack, but I could like like I could you know when you look at fabrics you can see like the 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 nap and the weave and stuff and I could yeah. That is wild. Mine is always like hands moving over my body or like my name being whispered in my ear it's not great but (laughs) like 
But, I mean, I wish it was a backpack. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's creepy to see just inanimate objects being animate. But at least I can, you know, be like, it's just a backpack. It's just a backpack. It's just a backpack. It shouldn't be flying, but it's definitely still just a backpack. Like, I feel like your sleep paralysis demon is quite the little prankster. You know what I, I mean? I do, he's too. Like, like, he's like, you know what would be hella funny? Let's <laughs> this uh, backpack dance, you know? Like... <laughs> a full spice rack. That's so wild. All right. Well, speaking of uh, household items turning on us, what do you say? Should we actually <laughs> start this? Yeah. And then, like like I said, we'll just non sequitur our way through it. It'll yeah. be fine. That was a that was a good accidental segue. Into- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I normally am not able to pull one off that effectively. <laughs> I feel like that might be my my uh, what is that called? Transition high point. <laughs> segue. Segue. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Yep. All right. Here we go. 